0: and welcome to another episode of What's on the Pile. I'm Nathan
1: Besner, and joining me is Shane Lee. Hey, how's it going? Matt Wagner. Coming to you from the year not one, nine, nine. (laughs) And Jenner.
0: Oh, if only. (laughs) We continue our October horror film extravaganza with the works of master filmmaker John Carpenter. In the second half, we'll be discussing his religion as science apocalyptic cosmic horror film, Prince of Darkness. But now, let's talk about John Carpenter, acknowledged master throughout the world and notorious lover of residuals. <laughs> <laughs> he made his first feature, Dark Star, with a- Alien co-creator Dan O'Bannon. He may be known most famously for Halloween, but ask any movie lover out of the 22 different works he has, he's directed that aren't shorts... When asked which is their favorite, they may all name something completely different. The truest genre filmmaker, Carpenter, has made films of all sorts from sci-fi to straight drama. So why don't we go ahead and name our favorite John Carpenter film, and let's start with Jenner this time. That would be
2: The Thing. Uh, absolute disaster upon its original release, not, uh, not least because, uh, well, I mean, like Blade Runner, it opened two weeks after E.T. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Which was, you know, a movie that was kind of big in 1982 and not really so much since then. But absolutely one of those works that, you know, the more I see it, the more I adore it. It is a damn near
0: perfect film. Um, that and... that famously was uh, it, the reaction that John Carpenter had to that kind of changed his outlook on filmmaking forever.
2: Oh, yeah. And amongst other things, it also lost him the job of Firestarter, which having seen Firestarter, may have actually been a blessing in disguise. Have you seen the new one? Uh the new one has a very nice score by John Carpenter. Um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I watched a couple of weeks ago. That 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 wasn't good. That was not great. It I mean the book th- the book wasn't good. I don't know what it, you could it, do with that book.
2: It, so. it was a very nice performance by uh by uh by Zach Efron, but that's yeah, um, that,
3: that was surprising. But, uh,
2: about the extent of it. I mean he he's actually a pretty good actor. uh he just you know doesn't necessarily have the best taste in projects, but he always seems to be game.
0: I like Zach Efron. I yeah. don't remember why. I think it was because of <laughs> seven, the seventeen again. Uh, I would be, uh, either that or the Greatest Showman. Uh, which he was is he was funny. A great favorite around He was funny in Neighbors Set-
3: with Seth Rogen.
0: Yeah. I, I think it was seventeen again. I think that's the one I loved. And I, hey, a body swap movie we didn't Comple- talk about. Completely mm-hmm. forgot to talk about that
2: one. Well, it's a little obscure at this point. But yeah, no, the thing is an absolute freaking masterpiece. One of the greatest science fiction and one of the greatest horror movies ever made. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that.
0: Uh, I'm not going to name that as my favorite. We're going oh, let's have uh, let's have Shane go next. Um, it's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it,
2: oh, you basic bitch! Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry. I, when you were saying
3: like everyone's gonna say something different, I, I figured there's gonna be a lot of the thing out there. I, I, you know, I didn't even see it till like five years ago, and you know, like a lot of older like scary movies don't don't always hold up. Like even like Halloween, which I understand and appreciate, isn't really scary. The thing is still like riveting. It's freaking terrifying. Yeah, and it's <laughs> still, and the practical effects are still great, and they're still gross and horrifying. I. Yeah, I I watched it um during one of my October yeah. marathons and was just riveted the entire time. Yeah.
2: I, I have a suspicion As... that that uh, a more interesting take on this conversation might actually be what's everybody's second favorite carpenter movie, mm-hmm. but uh mm-hmm. we'll get well, I, I imagine we'll
0: circle back to that. Has uh has everybody seen the uh Pseudo sequel?
3: It's a prequel, right? No, it's a prequel. It's yeah, prequel. It, ends, it, it ends with the first scene of the yeah, thing. That's right. I, I that's haven't right. seen it. I've been wanting to see it. I've been told it's not really worth it. I liked
2: actually, it. I actually quite like it. Uh, it's I, I, it's I, not I, like at that level, but I, I really wish they would release the practical version that they ended up CGing all over. Who? Um, that's gonna end up. That's gonna be one of those grails for a while, I think.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, how about you, Wagner?
1: Um, I will not say the thing, and that's not to cast any shade on the thing. I do love it, although I did have it in a movie night once and it bored the audience. Oh, I still I have yet to figure that out.
2: Your honestly. audiences were weird, man. My audiences were weird. <laughs> but yeah, that was I mean I, I can vouch, but yeah. <laughs> I, I
1: wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the time they almost lynched me, that was the item. Um but they uh, Didn't did they almost bored. riot
2: for suck as well?
1: No, they didn't yeah. like it. I actually uh, like that movie. I like that that's movie. me. But leave it um, aside. Yeah. <laughs> the movie I am picking is Big Trouble in Little China.
0: Woo!
3: Which uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean it takes someone of Carpenter's experience to make something that is its own satire, kind of. <laughs> I don't it it kind of lives in its own little world, if not for also they live. Um it's like they live is this slightly less frenetic and and gleeful version of Big Trouble in Little China, and I still quote lines from Big Trouble in Little China, mostly Black Blood of the Earth.
2: Also very fond of, Son of a bitch must pay. Yeah, (laughs)
1: that's a good one. (laughs) But, um, it's it's a great little movie that has so many little pieces moving around in it that, you know, you just forget about the giant orangutan sometimes. (laughs) or. The guy who decides to explode himself when his boss dies, <laughs> or, or, or the <laughs> so
2: fact that great. Kurt, Ru- or the fact that Kurt Russell is not actually the hero of the film. Dennis Nobody Dunn ever forgets is, that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay.
1: Nobody yeah. ever forgets that. Actually, the uh, that that is the one thing that sticks out in everyone's mind. But um, I, for the longest time, forgot the whole reflex thing with the bottle that that pays back in the last moments of the film when he catches and rethrows the knife.
0: Was a, I,
1: that's my favorite part of the movie. Yes.
0: I, that makes me laugh every time because everybody else, everybody took a shot at him at Lopin yeah. and nobody hit it. And then just solid the reflexes. <laughs>
2: yeah. that, that
3: guy blowing up. So this was That was a horror movie to me as a kid because I would watch it up to the, guy, the part where he's about to blow up and I would stop watching. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to see what happens next. It's, an,
2: it's another one of those movies that absolutely straddles that fine line of, in, in this case, it's like a, a queasy median between, uh, between Eastern fantasy slash martial arts, like a wuxia movie, mm-hmm. um, comedy and, uh, and horror. There, there is lots of hor- horrific stuff in that movie. Uh, oh, yeah. I I will freely allow, uh, with the first time that I saw that, which was, like, right after it hit rental VHS, I had no idea what the hell to make of that. And I think that actually ends up as a keynote for a lot of Carpenters movies in general.
1: I came into that one a couple of times midway through before I actually got a chance to see it, you know, front to back. Watching it on TV, it pops up, and I'm like, I, I don't know what the hell is going on, but this is really interesting. <laughs> I'm sure there's a brilliant backstory of why this trucker is fighting all these <laughs> Chinese guys. Oh no there isn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't
0: recall the first time I saw Big Trouble in a Little China. It's like ingrained into me mm-hmm. at this point. Like it's part of me. <laughs> it's pretty... <laughs> it's part of my story. So it, yeah, it's that's god. That's kind of like I don't remember when I first saw Star Wars. It's just part of the culture so much that
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know the fi- like film yeah. film movie people love Big Trouble in Little China. It bombed. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it bombed hard, and and which sucks because it is one of the most interesting genre films ever made because it has so many specific genre defining aspects to it. Uh, it. It's really interesting. I've always loved it, and the color palette is phenomenal. Yeah. I, mean, that, I mean that's the thing that I think we find is that
2: Carpenter's movies took a while for people to get. Uh, almost all of them. A few of them were uh, were instant hits. A few of them were instant smashes. Some of the ones that were most uh, financially successful at the time have faded a little bit in um, yeah, in memory, like Starman and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the the one the, the ones that really stuck around, with the exception of the obvious one, uh, are are ones that took a lot of people a lot of time to come around on.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I consider the case of They Live for pity's sake. Mm-hmm. That was uh, you know, seriously downrated, ignored, dismissed uh, at the time that it's uh, that it was released, and it becomes more topical the the you know the the stranger things get in the world at large. <laughs> to say uh, nothing of you know Roddy Piper uh, in, in a, a role for the ages.
1: Um, and I had also sort of been reminded of Big Trouble in Little China because I finally got around to seeing everything everywhere all at once. James Kong is in there, <laughs> so
2: yep. And that well, was I, that was do I know
1: him? I still why do I keep expecting him to do something villainous? <laughs>
2: uh, not not only James Hong, but Jamie Lee Curtis. There was yes. definitely some carpenter love uh, <laughs> built into the
1: casting of that picture. Yes, but I, I recognize Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm like I know James Hong. Why do I know this guy? Where do I know him from? <laughs> so Yeah. Anyway.
0: Well what's
3: your favorite nate?
0: Yeah, uh mine is Escape from New York. Oh, oh okay, okay. <laughs> that is it's the first Carpenter I ever saw, um, but it was also, it, it's so, it's like a, it's like a key point to so many different things I love in our culture, so many different types of media and whatnot, in that it, James Cameron worked on that film, uh, worked on the, uh, th- the 3D special effects model that they made, which was uh, for the computer version, the, the other version was like neon tape. Put down, mm-hmm. but uh, when they do the computer simulation, that was all James Cameron, uh, mm-hmm. coming up with all sorts of crazy special effects, and that's what got him onto, uh, uh some other genre pictures and, uh, than he did Terminator <laughs> in the yeah, rest well, history. of
2: uh, history. I mean, I've long held that a lot of the science fiction horror between Alien and Aliens, or indeed going back before that, almost constitutes a conspiracy.
1: <laughs> I mean, good Lord,
2: Dan O'Bannon, John Carpenter, James Cameron, not just uh, working on Escape from New York and working for John Carpenter, but also working for Roger Corman, who was originally probably going to be uh, the producer of Starbeast, later Alien, mm. uh, you know Gaelan Hurd was in there uh the the uh um uh, yeah no, like i say there's a there there's a certain distinctly internecine quality to all of that that doesn't get documented very often.
0: <laughs> it's definitely a generational thing I also just love the movie i i love I love long treks so like <sighs> I don't know, a point a, it's a to point B. It's a quest movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, exactly. And that's yeah. what I like about it. It fits right in with all the fantasy movies I love. Except it has machine
1: guns and Kurt Russell with an eye patch. And, and Ernest Borgnine is than the that? last
2: wise ass cabbie in New York. <laughs> and Donald
1: Pleasance is the US president. <laughs> I'm the I'm the president. I'm I'm the president. <laughs> Oh, he, yeah, play, yeah. he plays brittle extremely well, he? really yeah. does. So much so that when you actually get to Halloween 6 and he is literally dying on set, it makes me look back at his other acts with, like, was he feeling sick at this point? I can't tell.
0: <laughs> you know,
2: outside of, uh, of Dr. Loomis and Halloween, uh most of D- Pleasance's roles uh, for uh, for Carpenter, and there were a good few of them, were varying degrees of spineless and prickly, um, uh-huh. <laughs> which uh, we'll definitely circle back on a little bit in the, in the second half. But
0: uh, All right, you know, Ple- well, let's ask your question, Jenner. What's everybody's yeah. second favorite? Oh. Uh,
1: okay, well, mine's Big Trouble that.
3: in Little China, so we've already covered <laughs> yeah, <okay>. that. <laughs> Mine but, is I mean, also I, I, a big I, trouble I, in little trouble. Yeah, I mean, I, I, after I got past the you know, the exploding scene and saw that he did explode, but they didn't show him exploding. They showed it in the hallway. I was in like, pieces okay. whenever. Yeah, came. yeah. So that wasn't as bad as I was. I mean, also it was PG thirteen. I should have known. But yeah, that's a movie I've another one that, that's like like Nate where I can't remember when I first was exposed to it. It just kind of always been around. And um, yeah, and I, I love the fantasy aspects of it. There, at least for me, there wasn't a lot of that out there at the time. I'm sure there was in... No, like, no, in that, that movie
2: was almost unique of its age. Uh, again, one of the reasons why it probably... Or probably one of the reasons why it tanked. Yeah. yeah my, and, number, and, my number four, in any case.
3: <laughs> and, and, you know, especially Eastern fantasy. Not that I was specifically seeking that because I happen to be Asian myself, but it was just an interesting... It, it was something I wasn't familiar with, even having grown up you know, in an Asian household. It was something <laughs> new that I was seeing. I pretty much grew up as a, as a white American essentially. Yeah. Um,
2: and of course, Kurt, Kurt Russell doing it, the, one of the most glorious John Wayne impressions ever committed to screen. Oh, there's a... Better better even than his Elvis.
3: Hey, <laughs> don't you own the Big Trouble in Little China legendary yeah. card game? Didn't we play that and it sucked? Yes. Okay. Because yes. Oh, oh, there's a really terrific they're... Alien one that we've played several times. We've never yep. beaten it. Um, it's
0: fun, though. I, you actually yeah. feel like you're accomplishing things, whereas the Big Trouble in Little China, you just... It's not fun yeah, to it was play. A, there's
3: a terrific The Thing uh, hidden trader board game, which of oh. course it's perfect for. It feels yeah. exactly like the movie and it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, Nate, have you played that? Matt, it seems like you played, I've played it. I played that no. with you. you, know, you I've played heard it with of you? it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's great.
2: There's actually a really good uh, 3D uh, The Thing uh, adventure game sequel. Uh, that was uh, released back in the early aughts as well, that uh, Carpenter, you know, kind of signed off on. Granted, Carpenter was not t- too picky about signing off on lots of ancillary media for his more mm-hmm. popular properties, but the thing produced a number of actually extremely good sort of ancillary properties. There was uh, there was a comic book sequel back in the, either the late 90s or the early aughts that was actually pretty good as well, even if uh, nobody, you know, has any idea whether it qualifies as canon. Canon is freaking ephemeral
0: there's a um there's an interview with john carpenter where he basically takes five minutes to say i really like it when people say they love my movies and and that i'm great (laughs) and i will sign off on their things because of that
2: that's fair
1: fair i mean I'm sure the money doesn't hurt either. I
0: don't. I don't blame him at uh, well, all. I he mean, takes I, great joy in the in, in being respected and and loved yeah. for his craft, and he, no, no, he, he loved he, his craft. He he
2: absolutely uh, kind of uh, fits uh, you know, sort of Truffaut's old maxim: that's all I want from you is the joy of cinema." Mm-hmm. Uh, Carpenter, when he stopped enjoying cinema, stopped making it, uh, which is, okay. is the
1: right move rather than yeah. rather than drive it into the dirt, and we all can kind of see. Oh, he isn't having fun anymore. <laughs>
2: yeah. Now, now, granted, his his couple of episodes of Masters of Horror, uh, back in the uh, in the aughts, were actually pretty interesting. Uh, Some of his uh, TV work uh, is, uh, again, a little underappreciated and underdocumented at the same time. And more recently, I can only imagine what his response was uh, when there was an exchange on Twitter where somebody was saying that uh, isn't it uh, time to uh, is it too early to anoint uh, to anoint Jordan Peele as the greatest horror director ever to which Peele's own response was was, I will not tolerate you talking about John Carpenter like that.
0: <laughs> John, John or Carpenter to that extent. Yeah, he's talked about
1: that in interviews and how much he loved Jordan Peele's response. I'm sorry, I've, there was a, um, somebody asked Paul McCartney what it was like to have been in the greatest band of all time, and he said, this is strange, I must be getting older than I thought, because I don't remember being in Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> I actually agree with him on that one. But yeah, uh probably. leaving that
2: aside or certainly in comparison to the Beatles. Anyway, uh <laughs> now, Car Carpenter is uh I mean not not least uh not just because of the uh degree to which he was influential on other filmmakers, but the sheer volume of things that he signed off on. I mean, all of the all of the Halloween sequels mm-hmm. uh as well as uh, you know various instances of executive producing, writing for other uh people's projects even when uh, he had no other capacity on the thing like Black Moon well okay executive produced Black Moon Rising Mm -hmm. but that was just because you know he had a car script uh, New World Pictures wanted to make something for him he's like well here try this they handed it off to another director but he still got paid he was happy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he seems like absolutely the guy who I mean particularly on the heels of Christine you know would have had more than one car script lying around
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: I. Let's talk about some of the uh, lesser-talked-about John Carpenter films uh,
3: well, a little okay. bit. One I've always wanted to see, I've never seen this, is Dark Star. That's one that's talked about. Yeah, Dark Star is
0: great. Uh, I would do Dark... Dark Star for an episode.
2: Dark Star feels a lot more like O'Bannon than Carpenter, uh, to, to be hmm. honest. it It has a slightly stoned... You know, comedic vibe that was more characteristic of a lot of the stuff that O'Bannon did that wasn't alien. Um, no, but uh, no, that's, that's a really nifty movie, and as a student film, it is absolutely jaw-droppingly astonishing. Uh, it's a, a very agreeable uh, picture. Uh, and I think that movie's fun. It's a it's a ton of fun, and uh, I I like that uh, Obannon was basically on record that he basically did uh, wrote uh, Star Beast or Alien as a comic remake of one of the subplots in Dark Star. Uh, <laughs> if you've never seen Dark Star, there is an alien that is basically a painted beach ball with a pair of uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon hands that is just <laughs> kind of the mascot on the ship. But at one point, it leads one of our uh, characters into the uh, the tunnels. And, you know, that was you know the genesis of
0: a lot of things going forward.
1: Yeah. Uh, has, like Star Crystal. Star-
0: has everybody <laughs> seen Assault on Precinct 13? Hell yes. Uh, <laughs> I've,
3: I've seen the remake. I'm not sure if I've seen the original, actually. I've seen the Ethan Hawke one with, with Ethan Hawke and Lawrence Fishburne, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But I actually liked the, the remake. I, the I remake love the original. original. The remake Didn't was the okay. Remake. The,
2: the original was one of the... Seminal suspense movies of the '70s, not mm. least for a gloriously deadpan uh, comedic role by uh, one Austin Stoker, as well the guy everybody was trying to get to inside mm. the uh, in, inside the jail. Mm. But, you know, but uh, again, you know, showing uh, Carpenter's own influence of kind of American or Americana cinema, because the whole thing was basically a remake of Rio Bravo.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. What else haven't we talked about? Well, uh, the we
1: one that well, I have never really, it's never really hit for me, and I can see all the craft and all the design and everything good going forward in it, but the fog has always kind of bored me.
3: Yeah, I can I, understand. I, I
1: can, uh, understand. Our, our I can see that. I really
2: I like the fog as a mood piece. Uh, I, I, I can see being left a little bit cold by that. And of course, one of the ones that we haven't really talked about, Halloween. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Halloween. Everybody's done Halloween. Oh, okay. Everybody knows everything about Halloween. We only have so much
1: time. Okay, It's my second favorite, if we were going to get to that. so Okay. I'll, <laughs> just, I'll my, leave it at that.
2: My third. <laughs> uh,
3: I like Halloween 3, actually.
2: Halloween, <laughs> Halloween yeah, 3 he was is... Only, uh,
3: he was only peripherally involved. I think he was the producer on that, right?
2: There, uh, there's actually a funny story about Halloween 3 that I'm going to have to circle back on uh, in the second half, because it is of material interest to our... Sub- subject of the second half, which is my second favorite John Carpenter movie.
1: Oh. I don't okay. mind
2: telling you in advance.
1: Yeah. Okay.
3: Wait, Nate, didn't you make a, a AMV to the song from Halloween Three or something? The jingle from Halloween Three? Yes, yes. Oh, you you wow. did. Was it AMV or some, some sort of video project? Halloween, 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 happy, happy, happy Halloween, Super
2: Samrock. Yes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Again, another one of those movies that uh, has significantly grown in reputation as the years have gone on.
1: I don't know. I mean, honestly, I saw it
3: recently. I thought it was a blast. Okay, <laughs> I mean, okay. Um,
1: yeah, no,
3: I, I didn't take no, it very seriously. I mean, no, I was yeah, that's the way to, to approach it. The, yeah.
1: I mean, when it originally came out, it, nobody liked it because Michael Myers wasn't in it. In recent years, it's had this resurgent rediscovery. Everybody's, oh wow, actually, it's the best of the series. Which it isn't either. You went too no, far. no. no. Um, yeah, that is what, t- what? There, there are large portions of that movie that I find absolutely boring. Um, mostly in the first half when he's exploring the, the warehouses and Yeah, the, but it's Tom, At-
2: then it's, it's Tom Atkins. It he's is one Tom of the, Atkins. He's but... one of those would watch him read the phone book, guys.
1: And you very nearly do.
2: Granted, definitely shown off to better effect in Night of the Creeps.
3: <laughs> I've actually only seen the original and 3. I haven't seen the sequels. I haven't seen the, the zombie ones. I haven't seen the uh, David Gordon Green ones. Uh, oh wow! I don't know. Do, do, I don't do even know where me... to start, really. You know, there's, there's so a many...
1: long discussion about how to deal with all of that. I yeah, would, that's.
2: I would tend to favor raw chronology and sort it out in your own brain afterwards. Uh, yeah. Although yeah. there is a very interesting th- theory floating around about the David Gordon Green stuff, but we probably you know that's that's its own you know thing that we
0: we'll circle back on one of these days. I'm sure. I do want to talk about that. That series of movies because I have a lot to say about that second movie.
3: Oh, really? The second, wait, the new, wait, second, the new ones. Other than the one that's in the second theaters now, yeah, is that the one that's in theaters now? Halloween ends. That, was, no, that
0: That's
1: the third, the third one.
0: That's yeah. the third. I have not okay. seen Halloween Ends. I'm not sure oh, I'm then. going to because of how much I disliked uh, Halloween Kills.
1: See, I'm going to see it because of how much I disliked the second one. I got to <laughs> see what they're doing next. <laughs> and,
2: and, and like, is it not? I'm probably seeing Halloween Ends later tonight. Uh, oh, wow. But, uh, there is an interesting theory that has pretty much a dead giveaway in the uh, the opening credits that I am looking forward to exploring. I figure I'll probably report back to the team, but it's a little bit out of the scope of this discussion. Yeah, let's
0: move on from Halloween, because I, I really could talk about that all day. A long time, I, yeah. And he's, he's got other movies that are, we have about five minutes left. And, in uh, the
2: Mouth of Madness! Well, yes, <laughs> yes, we all love
0: that movie. It's, yes. it's an amazing film. It's... Uh, mm. Uh, if if you haven't seen it, go see In the Mouth of Madness. Uh, we all recommend it. One of the best Lovecraftian things, but Sam Neill and John Carpenter would
2: probably have never been connected in the first place if not for Memoirs of an Invisible,
1: Invisible Man. Man. Yes.
0: <laughs> The which mo- is the, which the is movie the one I've been waiting to talk about? The
2: movie everybody <laughs> forgets, that in Village of the Damned, <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> well, which, I, which yeah, I
0: actually thought was pretty underrated. I actually Village of the Village Damned, of Damned was fine, but it was fine. To was be, fine. To be honest, so was the original.
2: Yeah, yeah it was not a I great like movie. The-
1: I yeah. like the original better, but you were saying about Memoirs of the Invisible Man. I was going to say, yeah, Memoirs of an Invisible <laughs> no, Man. No, I was talking I... to Nate. <laughs> 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 you said we have five minutes left no, no, and you wanted man, to talk man, about it. <laughs>
0: um, uh, no, that was a big movie for me when I was a kid. Uh, I went and saw that in the theater, and I became obsessed with how they did the special effects, uh, which turns out are, is a very interesting story in and of itself, how how all of the effects were done. Um but it, it kind of kicked off uh, a lifelong love of effects work and the behind the scenes stuff that it, it kind of it, it drove me to strive for greater heights in my knowledge of film and construction of film. Awesome. <laughs> because just because of the effects, the movie itself, I'm not so sure about. I have not seen it in 25 years. Same
2: here. Uh, even Carpenter would, uh, would freely acknowledge that that was the movie that he did as a gun for hire because it had been four years since uh, They Live uh, failed uh, to, to hit. Uh,
0: oh, I do remember. Memoirs of Invisible Man, fucking awesome score.
2: That I, that's one of those odds instances that I don't remember, but I have been meaning to see it again. It's just I don't think it's been on video since the early DVD era. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. it's it's out of print as far as I know. Granted, I haven't looked for it in a while, but weirdly bland performance by Chevy Chase trying to Mm -hmm. basically play a film noir hero, typically bland performance by Daryl Hannah. (laughs) Yeah. Freaking amazing performance by Sam Neill as the villain, which Mm -hmm. and the 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 electricity between the, the the the. you know, back of the uh, camera side and the front, uh, front of the camera side, even now I remember, absolutely carried over into In the Mouth of Madness. So, you know, minor things lead to, uh, lead to major things, even if none of them were particularly appreciated at the time. I mean, weirdly enough, I recall Memoirs of an Invisible Man being kind of a minor hit, so it actually, you know, yeah. finally, you know, gave Carpenter a little bit more juice at the time, as opposed to all of the things that have just given him juice subsequently. <laughs>
0: I saw that movie on an airplane when I was flying to France over the summer when I was a kid.
2: I saw it in Second Run in a theater that was subsequently converted, a three-screen theater that was subsequently uh, converted into three different churches.
3: (laughs) I've never seen that one. In the Mouth of Madness is actually one of the first horror movies I had the guts to go rent and watch. Oh, really? Because it was about a a horror writer, and I'm like, well, okay, I can maybe handle that. Uh... I don't remember. So I I have watched the movie. I, I remember really enjoying it, and I remember thinking, "Hey, I got through it. You know, it didn't scare me that much." Um, yeah. But that's about all I can remember. Did it confuse you?
1: Because <laughs> that's a heck of an on-ramp.
3: <laughs> no, I mean I I remember really liking Sam Neill's performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that... cool. I saw it was when it first came out on video, so it was it's that one of ago. those.
2: It's one of those weird instances that is. It, it feels strange to refer to it as one of the most fun Lovecraft riffs ever made. It is, in comparison to its two predecessors in uh, in, in Carpenter's quote-unquote apocalypse trilogy, fairly light-touched by comparison. Uh, that, that that movie is just a, kind of a gleeful riff on Stephen King and H.P. Lovecraft at the same
3: time. That's probably I was what drew gonna, me to it.
1: Yeah, yeah I was going to uh, say, I, it always struck me as Lovecraft through King. Sorry.
0: It made uh there was an internet uh contest that had uh that was judging stephen king adaptations uh to film and in the mouth of madness one
1: <laughs> i thought it was interesting right. that Behold didn't the internet.
0: It. <laughs> yeah that's kind of like even, when they voted not, galaxy not even... quest above uh new star trek <laughs>
2: Not not even Christine, which yeah. is John Carpenter's actual Stephen King adaptation. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. and a pretty good
0: movie in its own right. Uh, I want to show that to Declan so much. He loves
3: cars. Oh, do you <laughs> want him to stop loving cars? Oh, you should show him Maximum <laughs> no, I, Overdrive then. I think. Oh, there you go.
0: Oh no, but but a truck gets blown up in that. That will make him cry. Oh, oh.
3: but not well, the I mean, people Christine getting blown up or cry. run over. No, sh-
0: that's true. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean... He's seen it, cars get
0: crushed, though. He's okay, okay with that, but seeing... I thought a...
1: this was maybe, like, you know, stop old Yeller ten minutes before the end kind of situation. <laughs> maybe, don't worry, the maybe. car lives!
0: <laughs> I haven't seen Christine in a very long time. <laughs> the, the, car,
1: the car
2: does start putting, pulling itself back together at the very end of the movie, mm-hmm. so... <laughs> um, I don't know, do, do we have any thoughts on on less wonderful Carpenter movies?
0: I hate Ghosts of Mars. I, I,
2: I like Ghost of Mars for one very particular reason. Which is after having done multiple riffs previously on uh, his fun Actually, I should probably save this for the second half. Um, okay,
1: yeah, no. Okay, I'll, then do I'll, save it. Save I'll, it. I'll
2: save it. I'll save it. I'll
1: save it. Where yeah, uh, I already, I already said my piece on the fog. Escape from L.A. is very
2: it. underrated.
1: I like this.
3: I saw LA. that in the theater, and I hadn't seen Escape from New York at the time. I, I wasn't confused, but I, I remember thinking like they're just going from place to place. <laughs> or they're just going from like event to event I don't, I don't know i wasn't that crazy about it i mean i did go back and watch escape from new york later and enjoyed mm-hmm. that but uh, i just remember not liking escape from la i remember being really excited to see it it looked really fun but um that's what
2: that's one of the movies with one of i my, one of my votes for all-time greatest good lord now what happens <laughs> endings more so even than oh yeah the ending end. oh, the yeah. ending <laughs> was cool he just Welcome to the human race, asshole.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I love that.
2: I I actually really like that movie. I think it's really underrated. I enjoy Uh, it. Less popular opinion, The Ward is also underrated, although definitely minor.
1: (laughs) I've not seen it.
2: I like it. Uh, it, It's it's very minor. It feels almost like a TV movie, but I actually enjoy it. (laughs) I can see not doing so, though.
0: All right, well, I'm going to have to cut you off there, and uh, we're going to go to break, so we will be right back. Next up, we'll be discussing the religion as science, apocalyptic, cosmic horror film, Prince of Darkness, starring Donald Pleasance as priest. Uh, Victor Wong as Professor Birak. Dennis Dunn, who I've never seen in anything other than Big Trouble in Little China, so it was really nice to see him. Uh, Lisa Blount as the lady lead who has sex with the dude lead. Jameson Parker as the dude lead. And Anne-Marie Howard as Susan. Who? The radiologist. Alice
3: is she the Asian-ish one? What? No, no. no
1: Radiologist. No. Oh, the, glasses. Oh, the yeah. one who gets
3: possessed right away. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: the one that it's a joke, nobody can remember her. Yeah.
0: Radiologist. Glasses.
1: <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: Alice Cooper shows up in a, funny, in a fun way, but he isn't in the main cast, so whatever. And, of course, Donald Pleasance. I, I already she said, said Donald Oh, okay. With sorry, Donald yeah. I'm sorry, sorry. Interrupter. <laughs> Prince of Darkness tells the story of a group of... I. Think grad school research scientists ranging from quant- yes. quantum physicists to radiologists. They've all been brought to a church by the priest who had uh, con- contacted his old friend, prof- Professor Byrock, uh, asked for, and asked for his help with a confounding problem. There's a giant vat of green ooze in the basement surrounded by weird texts and equations. That was protected by a sentinel until his recent death. The scientists begin collecting data, but the liquid starts shooting into their mouths and makes them into zombies who infect the other scientists. They're also sieged by homeless people who kill you on sight. As they begin deciphering more of the text, they discover through an exposition dump by Donald Pleasance that the ooze in the vat is part of something bigger, an extra-dimensional being they call anti-God, you know, the goddamn devil. So this was on my pile.
3: Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You.
1: That's all we have time for tonight. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> on my pile too.
3: And you know, judging by your reading of the plot, I mean, I don't know about you, but this movie confounded me. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. I was familiar with the VHS VHS box. I was expecting. We did a uh, Warlock on this podcast, right? Yeah, yes. yes. I, th- I was expecting like that kind of Prince of Darkness, like some magic guy running around killing people. I did not expect Satan in a jar. No. No. And yeah. So anyways, that's my initial impression of the movie. Uh, so, I, I rather liked
0: this movie. Um, I, I had a good time with it. Uh, kind of?
3: <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this movie. I liked a lot it. about the movie. I liked yeah, a lot I of ideas. Love... I found it a little well, boring but... at times.
2: It's okay. It's and confusing. Most, it is a very slow burn, amongst other things. I think for a while it actually held the record as the longest opening credit sequence from beginning of the movie to director's title uh, ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that
3: whole section confused the hell out of me. There was a lot of exposition, not fully mm-hmm. explained in there. As the credits the... kept going, and a lot of characters. There was a brotherhood of sleep. I'm like, what?
0: Wagner is dying to say something. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) You go back, and then I'll go.
1: (laughs) What you need to understand is that I saw this movie the absolute best possible way there is to see this movie. And that is about eight times from the middle on Sunday morning (laughs) while folding laundry. (laughs) This thing came on TV all the damn time, and I never caught it from the beginning. So I always caught it from some point in the middle and i'm like okay this time i'm gonna figure nope nope i'm not gonna figure it out this time either because if you start 20 to 30 minutes in you miss all of the exposition that sets up this stuff you're supposed to understand and you're just on the roller coaster ride <laughs> i love this movie because of that experience <laughs> And then going back and seeing it soup to nuts all the way through, which I did in order to to screen it for movie night, um, it was really illuminating the kind of material, the kind of material they put up front and the kind of concepts they're trying to bring to bear. Because what they're what they're trying to do is some of the aspects of you know Heisenberg's uncertainty principle getting in there. And de- by definition, telling you that you there are things which you cannot know, you you know the defi- the definition of the limit of possible knowledge, and the limits that that imposes on science, um, and using that as kind of a backdoor into this crazy idea that God and the devil are aliens,
2: maybe <laughs> some extra dimensional, some yeah, alien.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sort of. And all of the stuff following from that. I mean, so. Jesus is explicitly an alien, an alien, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, or it,
2: of this... extraterrestrial ancestry. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> whatever I mean, the if...
2: fuck that means in the
1: context so, of, the rest uh, of this. Movie. Exactly. So long. I as heard we... somebody
0: it... say the word alien at some point, point. <laughs> I latched onto that.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. They... I heard Jesus. I don't alien. remember if they said <laughs> alien, but uh, which of course brings up uh, the um, God told me to. Um, huh? Which is Larry, which is a trip. Larry um,
2: Larry Cohen is his own particular flavor of interesting. We need to tackle one of these days. But, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: But um, this was also illuminating, having been a grad student and been through situations not totally dissimilar <laughs> to this.
2: We have a um, project. No, I'm not telling you what it is until it you're is, there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's something like that. But yeah, no, I I really love this movie for ridiculous reasons. Um, but I do think it's, it's effective at doing something. I'm not sure if it's what it wanted to do, but it definitely gets at the audience. Mm.
2: Of all of the John Carpenter movies that were subsequently reassessed, this is probably the one that was subject to the most radical reassessment. Uh, I just took a look during the break just to confirm that my memory was correct, and it was. This managed to receive both a turkey rating from the venerable Video Movie Guide, as well as a bomb, which was the lowest rating that they had, uh, from uh, from the venerable Leonard Maltin Movie Guide, which were sort of primary sources for film information outside of actual newspaper reviews or that sort of thing. Uh, back during the VHS rental era. This was a movie, it cannot be stressed enough how disastrous this was when it was released. Coming on the heels of the slightly iffy reception to, uh, 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 to uh, Big Trouble in Little China, uh, which was, at that point, probably Carpenter's most sheerly fun movie, with the possible exception of the thing, this was Carpenter's most sheerly downbeat movie
0: but... It's just ahead of its time. It's it, it, ahead it, of its time, absolutely. It's like, uh, there are so many movies with this kind of plot at this point. No, no. Be- yeah.
2: bur- burying the... Or having buried the lead in that last statement, I absolutely fucking adore this movie. If the thing weren't a thing, this would be my favorite Carpenter movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carpenter had famously once referred to uh, to Halloween as being his Dario Argento film, not least for the the influence in the score there. Uh, but if that was his Argento film uh, in the giallo sense, this was absolutely his Lucio Fulci movie, with yeah. uh, all of the insects that that tends to imply. Uh, insects and crawly things and worms and bugs and gross fluids and uh, and, and that sort of thing. It has the, and and uh, as with the opening credit qu- sequence, it has an incredibly long kind of slow burn buildup, but the sheer portent that it carries through is deeply unusual, uh, not, not just by the standards, uh, by current standards, but by the standards of the time as well. This is such an odd movie to exist at all, to say nothing of being a product of you know, frickin' 1987. Otherwise, an absolutely extraordinary movie for uh, year for movies in its own right. Um,
0: okay, uh, I'm gonna interject there because you've been going on for a while, yeah. um, but I don't know how because I had something to say, and God damn it, uh, I had something to respond to that you were saying. What the fuck was it? Do either of you have anything to? I,
3: mm-hmm. I had something going back to what Matt oh, said about having been yeah. in situations like this. Um, I mean, I really, I love the setup of all these grad students going there to, you know, investigate some phenomena. What I really liked was, you know, so you have all these students in this place, they're kind of working and sleeping in shifts on cots. There's Chinese food and pizza everywhere. No one kind of, no one really knows what they're doing. There's random people showing up. It reminded me of an indie film shoot. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's what I kind of latched onto. Right, but like that... that... Oh, but it felt like that in and Yeah, a, yeah in what so they the were painting doing.
2: sets yeah. your carbon dating stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you don't,
3: you don't really know what's happening a lot of the time, and you're meeting new people who you'll never see again. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hopefully you live through that experience instead of being possessed. And, <laughs> then and Alice whatever. Cooper shows yeah. up. And... Yeah.
2: <laughs> that... I, I'm going to go out and say, this is a movie that absolutely needs multiple
0: viewings to fully appreciate. More so almost than any other Carpenter film. That's what I thought was kind of one of its drawbacks, was it had amazing ideas in it, very ahead of its time. Love that aspect of it. Want to talk more about it. But a lot of the awful stuff that happens to people is kind of easily avoidable.
1: Don't go outside, you mean? Don't don't bump into that don't be alone in the parking lot. When
0: when there's a homeless person running at you with scissors, you move out of the way. <laughs> and then you don't just stand there going, ah And, uh, and ah. of, course, and, and of As course you get and, stabbed to death.
2: And this is only for the YouTube uh for the YouTube viewers, don't do this when something's on the ceiling.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do not hold <laughs> yeah. your mouth agape and look skyward.
1: Yeah, I have a story along those lines too, but, uh, chemists always have stories about stuff like that. (laughs) Um, I, I mean, a lot of, a lot of this does ring true. The, 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 the patent absurdity of the situation they're in, it feels also like a horror RPG game, um, because, I mean, it's an army of homeless people outside, and they make one attempt to get out, and it is a real false start. When you just look, you can see over the chain link fence over there. If you get just like six feet further that direction, yeah. you could probably outpace them and get the hell away. No, he looks backwards
0: and forwards, and backwards and yeah, forwards, and backwards, backwards and, backwards and <laughs> then you're out of time.
1: Yeah.
3: Did
0: you do you know what John Carpenter said when asked why all the homeless people were uh, gravitating toward the devil?
1: Uh, oh why is that? Because they didn't
0: have souls,
1: oh, oh okay, I haven't parsed that yet
2: that's i
1: don't I don't think you're supposed to parse it that way. I think you're supposed to. Take it as, these were demons on Earth disguised as homeless people, not that homeless people don't
3: have souls.
0: (laughs) Okay, well.
1: Well, I was was assuming it was (laughs) almost
3: like radiation from the building that had infected everybody around. That's kind of... Uh,
2: That's kind of what... I'm I'm with Shade on this one. I'm going to... Create your own version. (laughs) I'm going to stick to the primary source and let other interpretations, including the directors, uh, just kind of, you know act as the input of interested yeah. third party.
3: I, I assumed it feel, was direct uh, influence from what was in the building. It wasn't because yeah. they were just... Yeah. yeah. ...soulless mm. home. I... I
1: <laughs> in my previous viewings I assumed that it... they don't say that they're all schizophrenic, but they do mention schizophrenia multiple yeah. times yeah. in the film, and I think what we're supposed to take from that is that the the devil, like, tuned into their schizophrenia in order to draw them to the building. Uh, I had never heard the quote about No Souls before, so.
0: No, I had not heard that before, either. <laughs> uh, he might have been referring to people with mental health issues.
3: <laughs> yeah, there was a different understanding uh, of it back then, I guess, <laughs> I mean... Uh, again... Lack n- of a soul? N-
0: not, <laughs> not,
2: not having uh, any context to parse that, I am going to uh, I- ignore that reality and substitute my own. Uh, <laughs> My first experience of this film was through a commercial cut, a TV commercial cut down of its trailer back in good old 1987. Uh, I had been generally aware of Carpenter for quite a while, of course. Uh, One of my strangest memories of my brief time living in Vermont back in 1983 and 1984 was the fact that for some unfathomable reason, there was a The Thing poster in my elementary school's library. Uh, wow. to say nothing of being dimly aware of Halloween going back to the point where I was basically coherent as a human being. Uh, this trailer stuck with me. Uh, and having seen the trailer trailer subsequently, it's like, oh my God, it's the entire goddamn movie from beginning to end. I didn't uh, watch the trailer. No, no, the trailer is, uh, it, it, it is a collection of the most memorable images of the movie, which, granted, are kind of spread out from you know, pretty equally from beginning to end. But uh, the, the trailer feels like a synopsis of the picture, but at the same time, seeing it at the, you know, age of frickin' 11, all of those images stuck with me for years and years afterwards, and I was sort of afraid of the movie for a very long while until I finally ended up catching it on VHS in college. Um, and at the time was reasonably impressed with it, especially given its very, very bottom-of-the-barrel reputation up to that point. Um, okay, Jenner, uh, speed it up. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, <laughs> um, no, no, uh, that's kind of the end of that particular thought. I have uh, an, another subject
0: to diverge on, but in the meantime... No. <laughs> no, later, I, later. I, would, okay. I would like to hear more From those who had not Seen the film and their, and their Reactions to it that's one of the things I like About this show is getting those First react uh, not
3: just the first reactions But general overall I, I'd like To hear more Shane you, you hadn't seen it Right I had not seen it and I Like I said I didn't know what to expect and I Did find it very confusing at first It I mean I agree that it does Reward a second I think it would reward a second Viewing because I can vouch. I, yeah, I mean, I, I liked a lot of the setup, and then it, it you know, it kind of, became, I, I guess it's sort of a zombie movie. It also has one of those things where, because it's this super great, super powerful evil, just random scary things can happen that don't mm-hmm. necessarily need to be consistent. Like, the, the black guy just cuts his own throat for no reason, and then he's Well, no, he cuts, his,
2: he cuts his own throat to prevent himself from getting taken over, but it doesn't succeed. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, because it seemed like he'd already been taken over by that point.
2: He was fighting it off.
3: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, you know the dude outside who got stabbed by scissors becoming bugs, just kind of collapsing. I mean that was kind of. Kind of I a thought fun the bugs effect. ate him.
0: Yeah, that
2: was that was just a suit full of bugs.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I really like that.
2: Hello? That was one of the things.
1: That's one of the things Hello? that turned up that you cut into from the commercial break. You're like, what am I watching? How did that happen? And
3: then you never find out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I love the idea of finding math where you should not have. Well like you know, finding math before it had been invented. We hadn't um, invented differential yeah.
2: equations two thousand years ago.
1: <laughs> I gotta say I'm 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 wondering how they back translated formula for differential calculus out of a language that didn't have the numerology in order to express it. But that's that's nit. Yeah, where did it all stuff know, cause we like can't calculus understand?
3: Is, yeah, because like <laughs> half of like differential equation notation is is Greek, did, right? So where do they get those Greek symbols for? How do they translate that into Greek? Well, I,
1: I mean, obviously it doesn't have to be Greek, but I mean, how do you figure out you're looking at differential calculus when? All of the symbology is different and it was built in an entirely different culture. That's just, yeah. that's just that is spectacular translation, is what that is.
2: <laughs> well, wow. all of these people appear to have been exceedingly talented at their particular fields.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was uh, another cool thing that they were, these were all smart people trying their mm-hmm. best, doing the smart thing for the most. There wasn't, I mean, you, you know, you wander into the parking lot every now and then and you get stabbed by scissors or whatever, <laughs> but mostly they're. These are like people with their head on straight then
2: there just... there are some unexpected unforced errors in this at
0: the same yeah. time it's Late again lady, you very... don't got, you, got, you don't gotta jump on the lady you can just shove her really hard
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: why uh, why jump
1: we needed a sick. we they needed a sacrifice and i it should be pointed out that a large amount of the tension that um Resides in this film is the last twenty minutes of the film, in which two different characters are hiding in closets, watching yeah. things happen.
3: Yeah, They're... between Pleasance and um... Dennis Dunn. just kind of narrate, Dunn, narrating yeah. to everybody else what's happening,
1: and
2: and providing some of the strangest comic relief any horror movie has ever had, much mm-hmm. less just of its era. It's like,
0: there's you could, saying... almost,
2: you could almost pass for Asian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was odd. Um, an
1: amusingly
0: prickly performance in a completely different way from, uh, from Pleasance's. There's an academic uh, argument that has been made that this film is actually about the AIDS epidemic at the time, uh, and that his character in particular, while in the closet being dominated by two women that he's terrified of,
2: there is that line about homosexual panic.
0: Exactly. Okay. There's that yeah, he does and it makes uh, yeah. Still
2: feels like
0: a little bit of a reach overall. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was fun cuz I kind of I, I, you know, I kind of that's, that, that's
2: a that's a fun idea.
0: I'll be uh, I'll be honest, I got a similar feeling while watching the movie. I was like this dude might be closeted. <laughs> no, that, no that i can get uh, well,
2: approach, ap-
1: that approaching
0: yeah. the whole thing uh
2: that that and of course the running gag of uh, you know susan radiologist glasses <laughs> um no the um uh, applying that uh, that lens to the whole film feels like a little bit of a reach uh but if i recall correctly uh, uh, carpenter mostly said that on the heels of the very expensive and very trying experience of uh, big trouble in little china he mostly just wanted to do something that was fun to make uh and uh, and fast and really real uh, fast and cheap and really really dark so i think they ended up doing this for something like 13 million dollars uh the bit that i was going to diverge back onto and uh this circles back on stuff from the first half as well, is kind of encapsulated in the screenplay credit to Martin Quatermass. Quatermass, of course, being the most enduring creation of uh, one Nigel Neal, probably the best goddamn writer ever to have emerged from British science fiction television, and of whom uh, Carpenter was a great fan, Uh, to the point where he had actually hired him on himself as the original screenwriter of Halloween 3, but uh, Neil, seeing the eventual product, ended up taking his name off of the thing, So he kind of, because he thought it was you know, too gory and nasty, and consequently Neil basically found himself with a very famous fan that he didn't particularly want to have. Going back to the reason why I like Ghost of Mars, because it gave John Carpenter, finally, a chance to do a remake of Quatermass in the Pit on Mars. Um, that that was the extent of that divergence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> big big build up. <laughs> uh, no, uh, essentially this
2: whole thing was approached uh, as uh, as Carpenter kind of leaning into his strengths, like weird horror, weirdly intellectual horror, and uh, an opportunity to uh, make an homage to his uh, favorite uh, science fiction slash horror writer, who didn't particularly appreciate it.
1: So, somewhat sort of building off of that, there is not going to get into uh, all the other different podcasts I listen to, but that this film in particular has been used as an example of an excellent film which is ruined by a particular moment, and I am curious if any of you would guess what that moment is. That it was taking itself seriously. What's that?
0: Avowed sexist?
1: No. No.
0: Nope. Okay, let me think. Hmm. I'm thinking too.
1: Well, is it there a particular?
0: Is there a particular? It's near group? the end.
1: I'll say that. Near the end. No, it's 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 straight up. Um, the film was doing a great time. Ta- it was doing a good job taking itself seriously, moving forward with the story, and then just became clown shoes at one moment, according to this one reviewer that I've I've listened to, and he brings it up repeatedly.
0: What is it? I have no idea. Do tell
1: for him for him. He says it's the devil's paw. That when they go, oh, actually oh yeah.
0: because
2: they because they reused uh uh like a like dark. I mean, everyone here thought legend. Tim Curry
1: was coming out of there, right? Yes. Okay. Of course, mean, can yeah. A traditional devil. The yeah, you know? it's more like a devil's paw. I What's wrong I with that? that um, I mean, the, you could barely in even, his view. You could barely even it was dis- supposed to be this. You know. In, in his words, not mine, Lovecraftian horror coming out, and it's going to be this humanoid, ridiculous cartoon devil. I thought yeah, it was literally based the on devil. The I mean, it I, like I it figured, Which it is the I, devil. what I thought we were sold on. That's yeah, why I was yeah. very... I, it I is the devil. T- yeah, it, this it, is, this it, is taking issue with someone you listen to and have no dialogue with, so it's, you know...
2: If, <laughs> if Legend had been more successful... Uh, it, it back in the '80s, I probably would have paid real money for this to turn out to be a backdoor sequel to it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to, to Legends. That would have been interesting. Yeah,
2: yeah. <clears throat> no, no, if they had pulled it out and it was Tim Curry's g- Darkness in all of his, you know, red, big, damn, horned glory, that would have been just mm-hmm. really
3: okay. <laughs> uh, I, I've just Not ran- gonna happen. I've got a random question or a random thing. Did anybody else watch this on Criterion Channel? Yeah. No. Did, did you it skip notice, around? Did you no? Did you watch it with the subtitles on? They were there. Are, there the, are a couple the subtitles
0: of are are offset? R- the no, timing not, is. Not,
3: not, not that. Did you notice that Donald Pleasance's character in the subtitles? Oh, it's was called first, Loomis. It was called Loomis at one point. <laughs> yeah, Father it was like didn't Loomis. It was like Loomis I, groans or something like that in one of the I, subtitles. I
2: was uh, I was seeing it in the uh, the, uh, the the Scream Factory UHD disc, which is freaking gorgeous, by the way. Uh, they didn't do that. There were a couple of odd errors that completely changed the meanings of the lines uh, that uh, they were um, conveying, including uh, mostly by Donald Pleasance, uh, such as, you know, the new life got mislisted as something else, which completely changed the meaning of that line.
0: Well, for me, it was the offset of the subtitles, because the subtitles would come up about a full three to four seconds yeah, that, that uh, happened for me too. So at one point it's this very tense moment with Susan and the dude who looks like crew and Susan?
1: Yeah, when they're radiologist, the radiologist lo- the radio- oh, glasses? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um,
0: where they're looking at each other, and then it says neck snapping. Uh-oh. And I was like, Oh, I guess wow. I know what's gonna happen. <laughs> it's like instant spoilers.
3: Oops. They broke the tension
1: and her neck. <laughs> <laughs> What did uh, you guys
3: think of, uh, Nate referred to as, I forget what you call the mustache guy, the The very bland lead You mean lead. AJ
1: Simon from Simon and Simon? Not yeah. Simon, but the other Simon. I actually Wait,
0: really liked him. Also uh, wearing the best John Carpenter mustache I have ever seen.
3: That is a walrus mustache. That is, yeah. I mean, maybe then it was fashionable. It, it made him <laughs> seem, it made. I don't know how old, I guess they're grad students. It made him seem much older than he was. Supposed to be, I guess. To be playing, Even for
2: grad but... students, all of these actors were much yeah. older than the characters but that they were playing. I yeah. was
3: I, I, by the end of the movie, I was like, he was the main character, I think. Like trying to think back to the movie, who who the protagonist would be. I actually,
2: despite uh, d- despite a couple of early, uh, well, to borrow the Lisa Blunt characters, uh, miscues, um, I actually thought he was a fairly interesting uh, character and in performance, uh, not least for you know, kind of the moment of revelation. is like somebody has finally shown up to, uh, 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 to, you know, to tell us. I think it's time we stand up for who we are, and then all hell breaks loose. Uh, I thought it was a fairly charismatic performance, obviously, in a movie that did not lend itself to a more effective film career just because of the complete, and I can't emphasize this enough, disaster that it was upon its original release. <laughs> I, I think the only I, reason they they live got released at all was because they had already
0: filmed it by the time that this hit the theaters. <laughs> I I found the character to be bland. I didn't really yeah. care one way or the other. I think it was supposed
1: to be bland. I mean the the habit of putting these completely cipher characters in the audience is supposed is traditionally supposed to identify with, but well, honestly, have I'll, always just been kind of a vacuum. I think My theory of of
0: This movie's construction or the way I like to look at it, which is probably completely not true, but whatever, um, is that the protagonist of the film was the Sentinel who died at the beginning. His movie ended where this movie begins. And these are all the schmucks who were left behind (laughs) to clean up the fucking mess. Well, you're not wrong on that labor.
2: You're not that wrong on that front, I don't think.
0: I don't Um, think this movie had a protagonist. I would not say, I mean, he's, I guess he's the male lead, but he's not, like, the reason people are going to the movie. At that point, they're probably going because of Donald Pleasence. I mean, I I will allow a a lot of the characters, I think, become more interesting on
2: repeat viewings, because make no mistake, I have seen this movie more than a dozen times. Um. The nuances kind of come out uh, on repeat viewings, but again, I I can see finding a lot of the characters a little on the bland side, uh, especially on initial viewing. Yeah. You know, the the, the simultaneous, the almost 50-50... Uh, mix of actual bravery and spinelessness of the Pleasance character really comes out on, on repeat viewings. The surprising uselessness of Victor Wong's character, as interesting as he is, because he is probably the most interesting person in
0: he the movie, my kind yeah. of comes out on on repeat viewings. The you know I fucking the, love seeing him playing a normal role, a normal yeah. person, yeah. and not Smart like the person. kooky guy. Yeah. yeah.
2: You know, I mean I mean if anything out uh, he's probably more of a lead even than Donald Pleasance is, but he aside from kind of engineering the situation in the first place, he has no particular effect on the actual outcome of things. He's off in another room somehow. Hey
0: man, he's a manager. <laughs> he he, 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 okay, <laughs> Model, he he's, monologues he's a lot, he
3: philosophizes a lot. Yeah. Um, um Oh, go ahead, Shane. I wanted to mention the score really quickly. Like, during the opening credits, I was thinking, this, this score is awesome. And then it, that score runs the entire movie. Yes! And it never seems it, to it, stop. It, and I had it in my head for like an hour and a half after the movie. It has that lingering throb. It just keeps and, on going. And it never and, 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 seems to change.
2: And if you watch the movie in any proximity either to the thing or Fright Night. Weirdly enough, they will all run together in your mind and you will not be able to get rid of any of them. <laughs> I can vouch for this. I've seen both of those in the last week. Um, all right.
0: Uh, does anybody have any final thoughts on this movie?
3: I mean, I, I think, I, I guess I need to see it again. Um, I Didn't, don't know if I want to. I don't feel soon. that we talked about the movie very
1: much. Just a lot of tangential stuff.
0: Uh,
2: um, the, the uh, movie
1: itself—it—it uh, rises above the limitations of some of its effects. I think the squirt gun attack of all the demons <laughs> yeah. is, frankly, kind of hilarious. Yeah, that was and a little, the fact a it's basically snuggling in someone else's mouth. At, at the <laughs> at the at the
2: same time, this movie has some of the most utterly haunting. Uh, terrifying images that I think I've ever seen in any movie, particularly the one at the climax, which, if anybody's going to go ahead and see this, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. Uh, just that one bit was the bit that really always stuck with me from the trailer, but also, you know, the fluid, you know, going, I, I assume, in reversed film into the eyes and mouth of, you know, the, you know, the poor lady who bumped, bumped into whatever it was that she bumped into that marked her. <laughs> uh, this is this is a movie that that got under my skin early and stayed there and you know continues to stay there i fucking love this movie i cannot recommend it highly enough to the adventurous and patient
0: i thought it was all right <laughs> that's gonna do it for us here on what's on the pile you can find us on facebook and twitter at what's on the pile you can find us on youtube under the punch bunny youtube channel or you can visit our website what's on the thanks to our 17 viewers Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> we'll we appreciate you, you thanks for hanging out